No parent in their right mind would wish an injury on their small child. But what if they were told that their child's injury would not only save their child's life, but their entire family from being killed? Sound twisted? Well, Jen's story about her little son Leo has the twist of the century. Hey guys, welcome to the first podcast episode of Bent Planet, where I tell you true tales of humans in abnormal predicaments. And this story is no exception. All right, get comfortable. Are you ready to hear a story? An Australian couple, Jen and Jeremy, escaped the city life and moved about an hour south of Sydney City to a little coastal town where they bought an old house which they absolutely loved and they poured their hearts into renovating it so that it was nice and suitable to raise kids in a quiet, safe area. The only room they didn't change was the master bedroom which was at the front of the house. They loved this room, they loved the design, the wooden architecture, everything about it. In fact, their little son Leo also loved that room and refused to sleep in his own bedroom at night. And not just Leo, but the family dog Arthur would also make a nightly habit of jumping onto Jen and Jeremy's bed and all of them would sleep together as a family in the master bedroom in the same bed every night. In 2015, when Leo was four years old, they signed him up to a local community soccer club. As Jeremy was a photographer, he worked long hours on shoots all day and Jen was six months pregnant at the time, so she was hoping this would give her a chance to rest a little bit while Leo was being looked after at soccer practice. The soccer club was a short distance from the house, so on the first day, Jen walks out of the house with Leo who's super excited about finally playing some sport and she doesn't really lock up the house too well. She's not that security conscious because it's so close. She thinks, I'm just going to be back soon anyway. But when they get there, Leo immediately starts kicking the ball around with the other kids because he's so excited. And before the game can even start, he takes a giant swing at the ball, goes to strike it, his foot slips across the top of the ball and he falls backwards. And because it's an indoor concrete soccer court, his elbow hits the ground and bang! They look it down and there's a huge piece of bone pushing out against the skin, protruding from the elbow. An ambulance picks him up, they rush into the hospital nearby. Jeremy says to Jen, look, I'll come down, look after Leo, you go home and rest. But the doctors notice that Leo's radial nerve, which is here, isn't active and this is worrying so they decide they need to operate. Unfortunately the hospital that day is super full so they suggest Jen and Leo go up to the city where Leo can be seen at a children's hospital there. Again an ambulance rushes them up to that hospital. Jeremy meets them there and he says to Jen look I'll stay with Leo and instead of you going all the way back to the house by yourself and being alone at home while you're pregnant how about you just go and sleep the night at my mother's house who lives nearby. So after this stressful event of watching your own child's arm getting twisted and broken and being rushed about between two different hospitals, pregnant and exhausted, Jen finally winds up the day and lies down to go to sleep with the plan to go and see Leo and Jeremy in the morning at the hospital. But she's woken up at 3.30 a.m. by her phone buzzing and buzzing and buzzing. She scrapes herself out of bed, grabs the phone and sees that it's her next door neighbor calling. This real character, he likes to wear a dressing gown all the time and slippers with kind of hippie long long hair that's loosely tied back and he's very friendly with the whole neighborhood. Jen immediately presumes the only reason he would be calling me at this time of night is if we've been burgled. Oh, I left the house in a hurry, I think one of the windows was slightly open, for sure that's what's happened. 
So she answers the phone and immediately her neighbor starts screaming, oh my God, Jen, you're okay, you're okay. It's so good to hear your voice. Jen asks, what's happened? Have we been burgled? The neighbor replies, you haven't been burgled, but I'm standing out the front of your house with all the other neighbors. We were woken up a short while ago by a huge sound, which we thought was a boulder rolling down the cliffs and smashing through somebody's house. So I'm with all the neighbors now looking at your house where there is a huge gaping hole in your front wall because a car that it was driving down the road opposite the house lost control while doing a right-hand turn, hit the curb, launched into the air, and Dukes of Hazard style twisted through the air, upside down, through the front wall of the house, and landed perfectly across the family bed with such force that it pushed it through the wall and into the next room. Clearly Jen is dumbfounded, calls Jeremy who thinks she's sleep talking when she starts telling him, babe, there's a car on our bed, there's a car on our bed. He's like, Jen, you're at my mother's house, calm down, go back to sleep. Until eventually he realizes it's really happening. As it turned out, the driver of the car was a 22 year old woman who had had an argument with her boyfriend, stormed out of the house, jumped in the car and driven away to clear her mind. But she'd stayed on the phone with him and kept arguing with him over the Bluetooth speaker. In fact, when the neighbor first came over and found the car upside down on the bed, he could still hear the boyfriend ranting and raving and screaming at the girl through the Bluetooth speaker without any awareness that she'd had a car accident and that she was upside down in somebody else's house in their master bedroom on top of their bed. Fortunately, she was completely okay, just in a lot of shock. In fact, later she would say to Jen and Jeremy that in her shocked state, hanging upside down, she'd been visited by Jesus himself, who tried to calm her down and tell her everything was gonna be okay. To which Jen and Jeremy laughed and replied, no, 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 that wasn't Jesus, that was just our neighbor. Neighbors would also say that her boyfriend turned up at the scene later, but instead of stopping and checking on how she was, and in a scene like something out of The Simpsons, just yelled out of the car window as he slowly drove past, Oh, now look what you've done! <laughs> so little Leo, who was a huge fan of superheroes, was told that by sacrificing his special soccer match and having his own arm broken, he had managed to save not just himself, but his entire family from being killed by a flying car. All right, guys, so that's the breakdown of the story of Leo's lucky break. I'm now going to play you the full interview where I chatted with Jen and she told me the story from her perspective, which if you did enjoy that story, you'll love this chat. Jen's an absolute legend and uh, she has a great sense of humor and a great outlook on the whole situation. So please enjoy. <laughs> oh, fuck. Hilarious. Um, so should we get into this story? I'm like, yeah. I'm actually really keen to hear it because I, I, uh, I generally know what happened. Like I was telling someone last night the story, but it was so long ago. I probably only know, I yeah. probably got half of it wrong. Me so going. I guess just like start from the beginning and like, yeah, <laughs> well, happened? it's so true. It literally all started. He was having his first uh, like indoor soccer class. You know, he was he was four years old. So it was his first ever soccer class. He had the little outfit and, you know, was super keen to get going on soccer. That was his first day. Yes, very first day. And the the soccer thing was happening um, at this community centre that was just at the end of our street. So that afternoon um, I just thought, you know, 
we were just going down the road. So I didn't take, I didn't drive. I didn't take my wallet. I didn't take my bag. I just took my keys and my phone and my sunglasses. And we mm. walked down the street and Leo's like all the way there, you know, really excited. Come on, mom, let's go, you know. <laughs> and we got there a little bit early and the, the instructor just said, you know, just run around, you can kick the ball and just have a play and we'll wait for all the other kids to come. And it was in that time where we were waiting for all the other kids to come that Leo ran up and, you know, went to kick the soccer ball, but his foot kind of just skimmed over the top and he just fell backwards right. and went back and broke his elbow. <clears throat> so he, like, sat up and looked at me and he had Shit. this, like, bone sticking out of his elbow. It wasn't Ooh. coming out of the skin wasn't poking out of the skin it looked like it was dislocated mm. so we called the ambulance not thinking it was a big deal but he was screaming in pain absolutely screaming oh. the ambulance came and they <clears> said no no um we don't know until we x-ray it but i think that's like really broken like super broken <laughs> wow it must <laughs> have know? been an awkward fall because like there's such yeah it was kind of just like a backwards kind of a thing and it was uh, indoors so it was a hard oh, shit, yeah. hard floor and everything that was you know it was just i think it was just unlucky or lucky um <laughs> <laughs> so yeah so the ambulance driver just said okay we're going to take him straight to the hospital because he was, you know, in such pain and it was obviously broken. So we got an ambulance ride to Wollongong Hospital. When we got there, they x-rayed him and um, they couldn't find a pulse in his in his hand, like in his, oh, wow. his yeah, in his the radial pulse. So they were worried about that. And so they're like, okay, we need to do surgery. You know, this is kind of serious. This is a bad break. I didn't know you could, um, you could lose a pulse in your arm from a, as in yeah, like it, it might be pushing against the. Just, yeah, pushing against the vein. So they like, or pushing against and just creating an obstruction. Right, yeah. So it's kind of, you know, a little, you know, serious. So they looked into the, all the, you know, the hospital things and it was Wollongong Hospital for some reason was really busy that day. So they rang Randwick Children's Hospital and Randwick Children's Hospital was really quiet that day. So they said, yeah, yeah, bring him up to Sydney, you know, the, the trip and everything will be good because, you know, for the anaesthetic and, you know. Oh, so he'd, he'd had the anaesthetic? No, he was going to have it oh. there, but he, you know, to he was going into surgery, basically. They were going, you know, taking him into full surgery. Right. But does so that mean he, he was in pain the whole trip up? Yes, Oh, she was screaming like a banshee the whole way. It was so distressing. Oh, man. Yeah. All, all and, the way from Wollongong to Randwick. Yeah, Wollongong to oh, Randwick. Oh, poor little thing. And I rang Jeremy and I said, um, okay, so this has happened. Jeremy was actually in Sydney. He was doing some gardening in Bondi. And um, I said to him, okay, this has happened. You know, they're busy at Wollongong Hospital. We're being taken by ambulance to Randwick Hospital. And Jeremy said, okay, I'll meet you at the hospital. Okay, all good. So we go there. They um, put him under anaesthetic and take him into surgery. And Jeremy said to me, um, why don't you go back to my mum's house because his mum lives in Sydney you know, you just go back there and get some sleep and I'll stay the night with Leo in the hospital. Because I was six months um, pregnant at the time. Oh, wow. So, 
yeah, it was, you know, I was getting the ambulance drivers to stop at all the petrol stations so I could go to the bathroom on the way to my house. Oh, just man, like, wow. <laughs> just throw that yeah. in there. Yeah. Um, yeah, so Jeremy said, you go back to my mum's house and just rest and I'll stay with Leo and, you know, we'll see how we go tomorrow if he's, you know, they'll probably keeping him in for a day or so. And, yeah, so... That's all fine. Surgery goes well. He's sleeping. I go to bed that night um, at Jeremy's mum's house. And at um, about 3.30 in the morning, my phone rings. And it's my next door neighbour. And I was like, oh, this is weird. And as I'm going to pick up the phone, I kind of remembered that, you know, because I was thinking we're just going down the end of the street to go to soccer. I didn't really lock up the house as well as I should uh, should have right yeah oh my god we've been robbed someone's broken in through the bedroom window which i actually left open which i walked past on the way out and thought oh the window's open i went ah that's all right i'm just going out for like half an hour to the soccer and then we'll be home so don't worry about it Mm. so i thought yeah when he called he's you know i thought oh my god we've been robbed and um so he you you were already asleep at that point or that was three three thirty in the morning three thirty yeah in the morning yeah and he rings and um was there any when you when you guys were uh when you decided to stay at jeremy's mum's jeremy stayed there too yeah he stayed at the hospital with oh he stayed at the hospital oh gotcha okay so slept in the armchair next to the bed in leo's room gotcha was there any was there any point where you were thinking do i go back down to the rule or or was it just pretty obvious that you'd stay up there yeah, because it's, yeah, it was just too far and being that pregnant, it was like I'm not doing that trip oh, yeah. twice in one day. You know, originally when when Leo broke his arm and we were being taken to Wollongong Hospital, I called Jeremy and I said, you know, this has happened. And he said, I will, you know, don't worry, just go to the hospital. I'll leave Bondi now and come straight to the hospital and stay with Leo there and you can go home. Okay, you know, so, so if the, if so, so if Wollongong Hospital had had room for him, you would have headed yes. back that night. I would have been sleeping in in our bed that night. Jeremy right. and Leo would have been at the hospital. It would have been <laughs> me and Arthur, the dog. Yeah, we would have been in, in the bed that night. Okay. Um. So, and yeah. Your, and your gorgeous little unborn. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Um. So anyway, the the neighbour rings at like three o'clock in the morning, absolutely distraught, and. They go, Jen, Jen. And I'm like, yes, hello, hello. And he's gone, oh my God, oh my God. I'm I, I'm so glad to be talking to you. And and he said, um, you, so you're not at home? And I went, no, no, no. <laughs> I'm not, yeah, I'm I'm not at home. And I said, is everything okay? Have we been robbed? Did someone break in? And he went, no, 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 you haven't been robbed. Um, but there's a car on your bed. And it's upside down, and the ambulance are here right now, uh, trying to get the person out. And because your car is still parked in the driveway, we've been thinking you're still in the bed. And <laughs> oh my, <laughs> yeah, my. because Jeremy's car wasn't there, and they know that Jeremy goes to Sydney often for work, and it wasn't unusual. But for my car to be there, it kind of meant that I'd be you're home. home. If I was home. It was, you know, nine out of ten chance that Leo would be with me, and our neighbours were pretty close to them, and they've got young children as well, and they knew that at the time, 
Leo was going through that phase where every night about midnight he'd come into our room and get into bed with us and, and sleep the night. So they were thinking that Leo and I were in there, you know. So they, yeah, they're like, no, 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 you haven't been robbed. There's a frigging car upside down in your bed and we're just watching the ambulance try and get this person out. Upside like, down. What? Upside down said, on your yeah. bed. Said, yeah, and they said, um, we tried to call Jeremy, but we couldn't. Um, he didn't answer his phone. And I was like, well, he's in the hospital with Leo in Sydney. He's broke, you know, Leo broke his arm and all this. And with, you know, and they're going, oh, my God, it's so good that you're not here. It's it's really, you don't under, you don't quite understand how good it is that you're not here right now. What we're seeing is just incredible. And so I, I get off the phone to them and I'm like, okay, okay, I'm going to call Jeremy and then we'll call you back and, you know, we'll, we'll talk about this obviously some more. So I called Jeremy and, you know, I think the vibe, his phone must have been vibrating while our neighbour was trying to call, but Jeremy didn't really respond, didn't hear it, didn't, you know, it kind of roused him, but not much. So when I started calling him, he eventually picked up and and I'm saying, Jeremy, Jeremy, you know, there's a car in our bed and it's upside down and there's people in the sandals in there. And he thought that I was um, sleep talking. So I don't know. <laughs> Yeah, he was going, Jen, it's okay. No, wake up, wake up. It's okay. Everything's all right. Everything's all right. Because I, I quite often sleep talk and carry on at nighttime. So he thought I was just doing that. That and I was going, is oh, no, I'm bold. awake. I'm awake. And he's going, no, Jen, Jen, <laughs> everything's okay. You're at my mum's house. I'm with Leo. Everything's fine. I'm going, ah, there's a car in our bed. And our neighbors are called, and, and eventually, that he is hilarious. Like, oh my god, are you serious? And I, yeah, so I jumped in a taxi and went straight to the hospital. It was like four o'clock in the morning, and the hospital was really great. The first thing they did was whisk me off to the maternity section and you know, check that I wasn't going into early labor from the stress and the shock oh, and all this sort of a thing, yeah. Yeah, and then they kind of, um, that was all fine. And then they gave us, they put us into this room. Like Leo was still sleeping. So they gave us kind of access to this room where we'd have some privacy and we could make calls and kind of deal with this situation. Because, you know, at all we knew that was our bedroom had been busted open and there was a car. We didn't know if the car was still there. We didn't know if this person had died. We didn't know anything. So we start getting on the phone, calling our neighbours, and they start feeding us the story. And what had happened was this girl um, was, she wasn't from around here. She was from a, a suburb, you know, about 40 minutes away. So she wasn't kind of used to the road. Mm. But she was having a fight with her boyfriend mm -hmm. this night. And she got into the car and drove off down the street Nobody knows what really happened because it was only her in the car and it was three o'clock in the morning. So nobody was awake mm. or, you know, everyone just was woken by this almighty bang. Some of our neighbours said it sounded like um, gas bottles had exploded. Right. Other people were saying um, they thought that a boulder had come loose from the escarpment because you know in you know in through all mm. this that massive escarpment they thought that a boulder had come loose and smashed down onto something like that it was kind of like the, wow. the earth kind of shook 
but she'd come down the road and where we live, it's like a sort of a T intersection, but our house is kind of off to the side of the T intersection. Right. So this car has come down the hill and then kind of gone sideways and gone up the road and then done this Dukes of Hazard kind of um so they've like they've, they've they've come down, come there down and then tried to turn right but then haven't pulled yeah, in far enough and, and just lost it up the embankment. Yeah, an embankment kind of there, gone or? up. Kind of they they kind of skimmed our driveway. She kind of right. skimmed our driveway, and that's how she got this Dukes of Hazard movement, where she oh, went in shit. like busted through our fence, but went over the top of our garden and literally went just in through the window, but sideways and upside down. How much, how, how many metres are we talking, like from lift off to land? Well, from the curb to our, to our bed would probably be like six, seven metres. Damn, I'm not she must have been, must have been going distance. fast. Yeah, but that's what we don't know. Like, you know, she says she wasn't speeding and it was a, it's a pretty, you know, it's not a steep hill that she was coming down, but it's kind of a long one. Mm. So she, if she was just gliding without pressing her foot on the accelerator, she still would have picked up a fair amount of speed just from that. So anyway, yeah, she went over the top of our garden, you know, all the bushes were still you know, fine, but we just went in and landed literally on top of our bed, just upside down on top of our bed. The whole bed, the bed just, just crushed. Yes. Yeah. It was the, here's our bed and the car literally landed upside down across the whole bed. And then the bed pushed through a wall oh. and on the other side of the wall was a piano and the piano got like shunted across, you know, the, the length of the other the room on the other side of that wall like the piano like the force was like you know all the way through you know and so Shit. yeah so apparently um our, not the neighbor that called me but the next one down he was the first one on the scene like everyone kind of woke up and but he was the first one to get up and come to the house and now he's like really you know, quite tall and he's very softly spoken and he's got long hair that he kind of keeps back in a ponytail and he quite often wears robes and dressing gowns and stuff like you often see him Full character. He goes in there and he's like, you know, cautiously stepping in to see if there was anyone left in the car. Oh, my God. And he said that while this girl was upside down in her car, her boyfriend was still screaming at her on over the Bluetooth like they're still having their argument about whatever they were arguing about. And she's upside down in the car going, <laughs> you know, just stunned. <laughs> so she was. Oh, oh, <laughs> and now you're not even sitting right in the accident. You're just. <laughs> oh, the silent treatment. I see. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, you know, he calls the ambulance the ambulance come and get her out. She's fine. What's, she's fine. She's fine. She's bumped. She's bruised. She's battered. But so she's, she's like literally just sort of hanging upside down, upside down yeah. in a seatbelt. 
just locked in there. Yeah. Well, it was a soft landing. Landed on a king size bed. (laughs) That's a great advertisement for King Coil. You could literally crash a car in our beds and still be comfortable. Yeah. So they took her off to the hospital, but she was fine enough. She literally checked herself out a few hours later. Wow. But the first thing, yeah, so we're still in the hospital, you know, in the room trying to piece all this together. And, you know, our neighbours are kind of, you know, they're all shaken up and, you know, we don't know what to do and we're worried about the house just being open, worried about, you know, how they're going to get the car out and the, you know, the electrics, you know, all the all the dangers that are involved when a, a car smashes into you. Who's who's responsible wow. for all that? At well, that point? well yeah, well, is, I mean, right? I guess she is, yeah. Yeah. But anyway, we 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 sort of because we're in Sydney and Leo's still out with anesthetic and they've got to check him out and make sure he's all fine and everything. So we're like, okay, so we called um, Jeremy's brother and a, and a really good friend and just said, can you just, you know, can you just go to the house and just be there and just, you know, deal with the emergency services that are coming and just be there? We need people to just be there. So they did that and, you know, they said it about, you know, early in the morning, the girl who was driving the car you know, rocks up in a taxi and comes to the house. Her car was still in there at this stage. Um, and she comes in and she's like, I I just need to go in and get my shoes. They're like really expensive, you know, Adidas or some brand, you know, You're runners. Kind of I just want to go in and get my shoes. And they're going, you can't go in there. The building is about to collapse. We don't know. There's electric wires everywhere. And what? your shoes oh my <laughs> god are you serious yeah and then the funniest thing is her boyfriend then comes driving down the street apparently and just does this drive-by it reminds me of the simpsons where he just drives past really fast in his car and goes oh look what you've done now you stupid bird you know? <laughs> still angry at her oh, yes. <laughs> so- oh my god <laughs> <laughs> oh my god that is fucking family guy simpsons god. yeah so they over. were having to like hold her back kind of thing going no we're not letting you in the building it's not safe and you know surely you should still be in hospital recovering after what's gone on but apparently she was really fine which is great that's fine she's good um sorry i lost my train of thought there <laughs> That is just so. So, was there any? What's the fight with her? Like, like what was what was her attitude towards you guys and her attitude towards getting it sorted out? Or was it just sort of taken over by insurance and stuff? It was kind of taken over to some degree, but it was a lot. It was a you know there was a lot that went on sort of mm. before it. You know, she she eventually disappeared from the house. You know, our friends saw you know the car being pulled out and most and, of the and who's pulling the car out like like, the, like emergency services and are they i'm just and a tow truck was there and everything and all that kind of stuff and apparently that's where all the damage was done to our garden was actually dragging the car out of our yeah, out bet. of our room because yeah she just went over over the top of it 
So, so anyway, Jeremy and I, we're still in hospital with Leo. Yeah. And, you know, our friends are manning the manning the joint. One of them was um, a photographer, got all these great photos, like these kind of, you know, still lives. Like he's got a, a photo of um, a copy of Tennessee Williams, The Glass Menagerie, on the floor of our bedroom, just surrounded by broken shit everywhere because the whole room was just destroyed, absolutely destroyed. One of my one of the guys that was there was sort of saying, I don't think, you know, maybe Jen shouldn't come in and see it. You know, it's really upsetting. It's actually a really dark scene in there. Mm. And that's, you know, that's your bedroom and that's where it's supposed to be really safe. And she's six months pregnant. And, mm. you know, it was kind of that confronting. Fair call, yeah. Yeah. And all the way home in the car, we finally got Leo out. And um, yeah, and he was, he was, it was hard to kind of explain to him that, no, we actually can't go home. We're going to go and, you know, stay with your, with your uncle, you know, because the house has kind of been a bit smashed, you know, and he, didn't, he couldn't understand. He was only four years old, yeah, but sure. he was going through a real um, superhero phase at the time. He just spent his life dressed as Wolverine and the Hulk and all this sort of thing. So you know, we went down that line that, you know, you, you actually saved us and you're, yeah. you're a hero, you know, you saved us and that kind of cheered him up and then he just focused on the fact that his arm was broken and, you know, he was kind of fine from there. But wow. Jeremy and I driving back in the car going, you know, where do you start? What do you do when someone's driven into your house? What do you do? You know, you, yes, you call insurance companies, but what does that actually mean? Like it was we'd never had to deal with that before of you know that that size of a claim like we had um we had house insurance at the time but we didn't have contents insurance right and she was fully um sure insured like oh, comprehensively good. insured for for driving she was a p-plater so if she had any drop of alcohol in her system or any drugs um her insurance would have been null and void so there was about a three-day or two-day wait. For some reason, there was this long wait of waiting to find out if she had any alcohol or drugs in her system. Because oh, wow. if she didn't, it was like, what do we do? Do we do we then have to sue this, like, 22-year-old girl for oh, that's, all this that's damage? spun out. So, like, so basically, if, she, if she's committed, an, like, an offence of drinking while driving, you suffer. Her insurance is null and void. And Their then insurance you suffer. Yeah. Her wow. insurance is cover an illegal act. That's like, yeah. you know. So that was something, you know, that we were, you know, Jeremy's very, he's very smart and very switched on with all these sort of things and kind of he's able to step back and look at the big picture and, you know, take away all the emotions out of it, whereas, you know, I at the time, especially six months pregnant, was like, <laughs> said to me he said what we need to do and he's like I know it sounds weird but I just feel that what we should do is call the newspaper and get this in the newspaper which I didn't bring over but um and I was like really I don't think oh you know one day he's like no neither do I I don't want it either but we're going to have insurance we're going to be chasing insurance companies and all this is you know it can it could get messy if she's got alcohol and drugs in her system we're fucked mm. you know that's our you know our house we you know we don't have money that's lying around 
to rebuild, mm. you know, this part of our house. So, yeah, so we called the newspaper and they came and they took all these photos. And then over the process of the um, insurance company, every single representative from either our insurance company or her insurance company, they all came. And the first thing that was on the clipboard that they were holding was to do newspaper. all their assessments was the front page of the newspaper with Leo's picture, Leo saves family, <laughs> you know. Wow, so it was a good call. It actually really was. It really, really was. The, the mayor, the Lord Mayor came to visit us and he had, you know, he had the front page of the newspaper under his arm as well. So, Wow, yeah, which, actually, which, which newspaper, like the Thoreau local I newspaper? I was like or? the Illawarra Mercury. Right, so, right, yeah. The Daily... Yeah, I mean, it's such an incredible story. It so deserves a a newspaper article. It's a phenomenal story. I mean, it's it's one thing going back to the house. Going back to the house when we finally got there, you know, our whole front fence had just been blown apart. Our letterbox we found all the way over the back of the house, almost in the back garden. Just you know, smashed the smithereens there. You know, we've, you know, one of our, a few of our fence palings were, you know, over in a neighbor's garden that gone over their house. Like the impact was mm. all through the house. The rest of the house kind of looked okay, except all the pictures, you know, were kind of like this. Wow. Like the house, you know, and all the pictures just kind of stayed at this askew kind of level. Yeah. But then we went into our bedroom and it was like, just- you know, a David Lynch Kind yeah. of movie. It's like dark and there's dust and wires hanging down and the bed's just in smithereens and the walls are all splintered and you know it was just yeah it was it was pretty weird. It was really weird. So yeah. Oh, that we would just been... be so and and did you did you sort of go through that like be exactly like your neighbor said like or your friend said like being six months pregnant and and having that as your sacred space, like your bedroom, did did, yeah. did you have that? Was it quite tormenting for you to sort of be in, was, to walk back ups- in there? It was it was really upsetting in that in that way because it's like you're in that full nesting zone, and then mm. all of a sudden that's just like you know a bomb's gone off kind of in your house, and we had to move out, you know, and we had to move to this really bizarre house in another suburb, which. We didn't know any people and it was just this weird mm. house that was the total opposite of, you know, like we're very, we like, you know, lots of wood and, you know, lots of old things in the house and, you know, it's a very, you know, the house is 100 years old and, you know, we like it like that. But the only house that we could find to rent was this super modern place that was tiles all the way out and it was really right, echoing yeah. and it was just a really strange place so just ab- just an absolute just jarring to your like yeah, whole pregnancy exactly. journey and just having your nest yeah. having your place that you felt secure and safe and yeah, yeah and i mean it, sudden, the baby's room was this room where we were just putting all the items that weren't destroyed you know and oh, wow. and you know our bedroom and you know my office was where the piano was and that was just this you know destroyed zone you know, and it was just that was our sort of space in the house, mm. and yeah, it was it was it was really weird. How long Very did it strange. take to get back to to get fixed up and uh, have you move back in? 
like about three months. Wow, was literally that's a huge felt, chunk of life. Yeah, it felt like we literally put the last lick of paint on the wall and moved our stuff back in and then I and went then into labor. Yeah, wow. exactly. <laughs> yeah. Oh so my it was, God. I was really I was really thankful, like, you know, that that I was able to have the baby still here at home and not be in this mm. weird tiled kind of plaza that we were sort of bunking in. It was really weird. But Jeremy and I both, even though we weren't here, we still had this, you know, we weren't here when it happened. Our neighbours were the ones that that sort of bore the brunt of the trauma of it, like hearing the sound and you know, and feeling, you know, the shaking and then seeing all the ambulances and all the, you know, all the trauma of a situation like it's that. It's usually traumatic, those situations, hey? Yeah. Even just and witnessing just like it. The, yeah. the adrenaline that goes on in it. Mm. But we didn't see all of that. We just kind of, you know, got these waves from afar. But even still, when we were back in our neighbourhood and coming, we were really kind of, uh, felt very vulnerable and aware, like walking down the street. If we were walking on a path that was right next to where the cars drive, both of us would be like, oh, you know, everything felt really wow. close. We felt just really exposed somehow. Mm. It was really strange. It's hard, a bit hard to explain. No, that makes sense completely. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, so it was three months. And in some ways it was, it was, it turned out to be, and actually an okay thing because all the insurance worked out. You know, this girl, was she didn't have any alcohol. It was just an accident. We kind of think that um, so, there was a bit of a, a, a bit of a wet patch on the road that had always been there. Mm. And we kind of think she drove through that and tried to turn, tried to break, and it all just went wrong. I think it was just an accident. So all the what, insurance all worked out. What was her description of that did she have any kind of explanation that she she must have been questioned about no she yeah it was all very vague she was very vague about everything I mean I think she was pretty traumatized by the whole thing she actually thought that she saw Jesus in our bedroom and I don't know if you remember I said that our neighbor um that came the first in the scene (laughs) oh my god that's awesome Broken, he would have come in in his robes and his. Oh, that's you know, so good. You know, we're just like, no, that wasn't Jesus. That was actually, you know. You had to tell her that. She thought, yeah. she honestly thought she'd had in, uh, envisioned something and hallucinated or, yeah. or she thought yeah. she'd really seen him. Yeah, she thought, yeah, yeah. But she never, she never came. There's so many <laughs> things in this story that are just absolutely gold. That is incredible. Oh my God. Know. But she never came to the house to see us or to talk to us or to apologise or even to just try and make a connection with us. I find that quite strange, actually. Yeah, I feel like if I, if that had have happened to me, I would have wanted to go to these people and, you know, maybe apology not so much. I mean, you know, maybe it, was, maybe it wasn't her fault, you know, but just to connect with you and just go, oh, my God, this happened to me yeah. and it also happened to you. This is like this is our story kind of yeah. thing. You know, is, there, is there anything I can do? You know, can I just at least 
help replant the garden or something, you know, or yeah. just be a part of it somehow just to make amends with it, even for her own sense of closure and, you know, all that kind of stuff. But she never, ever did that. She once called Jeremy to ask him to write a letter to the police so that um, she could get off her fine. Wow, really? That was <laughs> yeah. it? That was all that she... Yeah. That was Pro, the only time. actively did to communicate with you guys was asking yeah. for a favour? Yeah. What? Yeah, to get off the fine. And Jeremy was like, you know, standing in our front garden, you know, with just things destroyed, you know, everywhere, you know, just going, fuck, what? Um, no, I'm not going to do that. You nearly killed me. You nearly killed my family. You look at the mess you've made. I think you do deserve to get a fine of some sort. <laughs> you know, there needs oh to be. Oh my god, that's incredible! You know? I'm, I'm, I'm blown away. Yeah. Yeah. It would just be, it, and it's so funny because if she had, if she'd sort of come to you guys and, you know, shown you how unbelievably yeah. the empathy she had for you guys being drawn into that situation and the destruction that was caused by. Yeah. not necessarily her actions if it was accident but by by her yeah you know that so i'm sure kind of kept, yeah if we had made a connection with yeah. her like we might have looked at that differently but at the time it was just like you what it's funny because those Anywhere. things can really bring people together <laughs> yeah exactly yeah there, yeah but mm. it just didn't it just wasn't like that at all we just sort of were just like, mm, mm. Wow, no. it's it's interesting. Do, do you know any idea how much the fine was that she got? No, I think it was like um, I think it was just like maybe a couple hundred dollars for negligent driving kind of thing. Mm. I think it was it was more of a formality of you know the police. I don't think we never saw the actual police report, but I don't think it was ever really you know definitive of what had happened because mm. the only person that knows was her. There was no one else around. You know, it it really there was no way to know whether she was speeding or not. There was no way to know anything. So I think the fine that she was given was kind of just a, you know, a formality in a way. Mm. Something kind of needed to happen, I guess, in some yeah, sense. And if they, something, you know, yeah, if there was no clear sign that she'd, yeah. you know, done any, any major error, then I guess they can't take it to court, put her in court, and yeah. And I think because of the the level of destruction and and everything, um, I think it, that everyone was leaning to the fact that she would, was speeding because to have had that impact and to have launched that far in the car and to have, you know, done the damage that was done. Like the police officers that came to interview us later said, we've been to heaps of places where cars have driven in, but they've never driven in like this, <laughs> you know. Yeah, it it does. I am a bit surprised that, like, in that in something that extreme, that police aren't given the duty to literally work out on Mm. a mathematical level how fast had the car been going, and like, and being able to deduce that and somehow put that to it. Sort of, you imagine in any kind of movie or whatever. You know, it's never like the movies, right? But you imagine like the next day in the movies, there'd be, you know, the three police there arguing about, oh, yeah, it'd be this, and then working out the exact, get all the measuring devices out, like, oh, it was actually going at approximately 120 kilometres an hour. 
bang, bang, get the car. <laughs> like, yeah, so it's kind yeah, of, I wonder yeah. what level, I wonder what sort of things get, have to happen to even make that happen. And like, what, if there was any, you always assume all the right processes are being actioned, right? But I guess at the end of the day, everything has the possibility to sort of slip through gaps or not get processed properly. Yeah. And I wonder exactly. if she just kind of and skipped out on that, you know, somehow. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, she was, she was pretty young. I think she was only about 22 or something. So that, you know, I think those, you know, the gravity of it, I think was perhaps maybe just too, too big. I mean, there's definitely know, some gravity end, involved. On our end, it was like full adulthood stuff happening around here. It was, you know, insurance yeah. companies and, you know, all this sort of stuff and dealing with the, you know, with the tra potential trauma for Leo of, you know, saying it's okay, your car isn't going to drive into a house every night. It was just <laughs> that night. <laughs> <You know? laughs> Everything's fine. And, you know, all of our friends uh, are kind of like, oh, okay, well, I guess that means you're going to sell the house and leave. And we were kind of like, mm, no, we love this house. We hmm. love this house so much. We're going to rebuild it to exactly what it was. And then we just put in, um, you know, we added into our fence a kind of decorative row of, of telegraph poles. <laughs> <laughs> Literally Fort Knox we'll there now. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, all along the corner. It's, like yeah, it's actually 10 yeah, centimetres apart. <laughs> <laughs> they go... They have they go two meters down and they go three meters up. <laughs> yeah, and now the house is actually ten meters below the ground, covered in concrete. <laughs> it cannot get in. Wow. I mean, I guess it's very. I mean, obviously, in circumstances where there was a death involved, like if she had died, that probably would have completely changed your feeling around the house, which would have been Definitely. really hard to deal yeah. with, but. It's but it was more, yeah, it wasn't, it, yeah, it was, you know, it was just stuff that was ruined. It wasn't anybody's life, like you're mm. saying, sort of thing. So, you know, really it was just kind of a comedy of errors that went on out there. You know? It's wild. And, you know, we've always kind of looked at it with this, you know, sliding doors moment where it's like, wow, we could have been in that bed and we should have been in that bed. It was a Monday night. There is no reason why we shouldn't have been there except that leo broke his arm that day you know i mean that i mean that's one of the big questions for that i've got is how much did that affect your way of thinking in terms of divine intervention or you know sliding sliding doors that are not just coincidences like did that was yeah. that playing in your mind did that come oh definitely definitely and yeah, I don't know if it's a if it's a, a silly thought, but just in the weeks before this all happened, um, I did a whole bunch of research on our house because our house is quite an old house and the people who lived here were pretty um, well known in the community and there's lots of information about them. So I'd been on this big journey, like this big detective journey finding out all I could about the people who built our house right. and you know, all of the family members that lived there. And I tracked them down and Leo and I actually, about a week before the crash, we went and took flowers from the garden to the family um, cemetery plot. 
wow. and, you know, flowers and, you know, and it was this really beautiful thing. And, you know, just this, you know, silly, not superstitious, but this silly kind of thought in me is just like, you know, like, oh, they, you know, the, they were protecting us. It was the luck of the Irish. They were an Irish family. You know, it was just this kind of nice sort of. Yeah, know, almost, almost like a. Yeah, we took an offering to them from their garden, you know, from their house. You know, I'm getting that they shivers through my body. <laughs> I really am. I'm getting shivers just thinking about that. That's just incredible. I know. I know. And, you know, so the house had had become in those weeks before. And, like, I've always loved the house. Like, it's just the, you know, because a lot of it is original, not so much now. Like, our bedroom was the last 100% original part of the house which was oh wow really yeah which was a real shame because we'd we'd repainted you know the lounge room but everything but we'd actually decided no we'll leave the bedroom as it is because it's actually still original the original right yeah so that was the one room that we decided to kind of keep so were any of that the 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 people that originally built the house was any of their family still alive or or they uh, the yeah there's relatives like um uh one of the one of the grandchildren, like the people who lived here had like 12 or 13 children. Wow. So one of the grandchildren of one of the youngest kids, yeah, um, they came to the house and because they'd seen the story in the newspaper. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. And they only live a couple of doors down, I mean, a couple of streets over. And they came over and were just like, oh, we just wanted to come and check to see if the house was all right. And then it was like, you know, we're having cups of tea and they're telling me about, you know, an old war bunker that's buried in the back garden and all oh, really? these stories. Yeah, 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 yeah. So all of this, like all this, all, you know, heaps more information and stuff about the house started coming to us, you know, as a result of this happening. Yeah, exactly. Isn't so it amazing how you, like connecting with those people, like that's, something like that always causes connections, right? So that you're connecting with the people that previously built the house and their family and all that kind of stuff. But it's so ironic that through all of that, the one person that you'd expect to have the biggest connection with is the driver of the car. (laughs) And that like, and that's still in my head, she's just kind of a bit of a blank canvas, but it just sounds like just- Come in and then just kind of float it away. And you know, that was it. literally just impaled herself into your life and then boop, yeah. out and and it's just reversed it's out and bolted that's so bizarre oh my god that that imagery of the the boyfriend still yelling at her on the bluetooth speaker at least like at least that shows she wasn't on a handheld phone and like distracted by well, the yeah. phone well that's, that's true that was probably something the insurance company were like oh oh okay yeah she wasn't on the phone yeah <laughs> And, yeah, she wasn't on her phone but jesus was standing there listening to the boyfriend on the bluetooth so who's the witness jesus okay cool good got that yep definitely <laughs> oh man and then the boyfriend driving past look what you've done yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh my god so is that does that did that play on your mind much though that whole um you know the the divine intervention, the 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 thought that you could have people watching over you, or your mother watching over you, or anything like that. Yeah, well, I don't know if you remember, but um, my mum. Yes, 
Yep. <laughs> they were hanging above the piano. They were hanging up above the piano. They're like, you know, what, they must be 30, 40 years old now. So you touch them and they'll just, you know, turn to dust kind of thing. Mm. And they're in this, you know, very fragile frame, you know, with a very thin glass. And yeah, the, the car smashed into the wall that they were hanging on and everything on that wall, there was books, vases, shelves, you know, the piano, everything. There was a big um, massive desk, you know, big heavy wood desk that was just kind of blown to pieces and, and everything. But the butterflies, you know, in the collection on the wall were just like, <laughs> wow. just tilted to the side and just oh, hanging. Oh, that's incredible. Yeah, <laughs> so you know, oh, again, you... like I'm kind of the sort of person who goes, oh, okay, <laughs> you know, you know, we're the same with the flowers for the family. It was just those things where, yeah, I don't know, if it's true or not. And it doesn't actually even matter. It's just a nice thought. That's a beautiful thought. You'll have to yeah. um, take a photo of the butterflies and just send me so I can get a, a yeah. visual visual on yeah. it again. That's that's amazing. You know, I was thinking a lot about that, and I was thinking about. Um, you know, how, I don't know if it was your mum's birthday or the anniversary of her passing that you would go out and do your little sort of ceremony and would always see yeah. butterflies. And yeah. so I know that's a strong, like, I know it's a strong theme. And I, yeah, yeah, I was yeah. Thinking, yeah it was I was the thinking, first thing that I asked about when, you know, when, when I realised that, you know, the car had done that much damage, the first thing I asked who was at the house, it was just like, can you just check that the butterflies are, you know, are the butterflies okay? So the but butterflies, yeah, did they originate from your mum or were they something that you bought no, to represent her? No, they were, they were a present. My dad bought the collection for her from, mm. I think they bought them from somewhere in Perth. Bought them for her while she was still here? Yeah. And then you and then they were passed on to you. Yeah, right. Yeah, there was there was three boxes and they were it was like a collection of butterflies from all over the world, like a very beautiful right, yep. collection. So when um mum passed, my brother and sister and I all got one box each. Oh, okay. Yep, that's right. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, so that was that was my biggest concern. It was just like are the butterflies okay. <laughs> oh man, that's just amazing. That like that's really just incredible it blows my mind wow what a story it's just so incredible i'm literally it's even more mind-blowing than i thought like than i remembered like i, I just i remember this i remember the main points you know leo broke yeah. a leg or an arm and then while you were yeah. away from the house that happened but no it's still the kind of story and jeremy says it too where you know it happened to us and you know we talk about it and we tell people about it but it still doesn't feel real like we went through all of the rebuild and all of the reality of the situation we've still got her number plate of her car like we still oh, seriously. <laughs> that was like jammed into a wall or something or into our bedroom door or something oh, what really a great weird. souvenir <laughs> Oh, that's perfect. <laughs> that, and, you know, so we've got all this evidence that it actually happened and we went through it, um, but it still doesn't feel real when you tell the story. It's like it still feels like something that happened to someone else or something that you saw in a movie or something. It's a, Yeah, and you think about how many people go through situations where, they're, I mean, it's so, you know, the, the whole 
the whole of the, the amazing part of this story is that you weren't there. So, you know, that's the, that's the incredible part of the story, but imagine like, you know, people that have been literally in the situation when something horrific has happened, yeah. how, how yes. removed from it they must become in terms of their memory of it and how much yeah. the, the trauma must well, we push quite them often, we, we kind of, uh, when it all was happening, Jeremy and I quite often talked about, you know, what if we were at home that night and, it, you know, and we were sitting in the lounge room watching mm. a movie, like imagine just sitting there and then hearing the sound and feeling the shake of the house and feeling all of that trauma and being like that would have been, that would have taken a long time to get over, I think, Huge. like much longer because of just, you know, just that shock to the system of sitting there being, you know, you know, drinking tea, watching, watching TV mm. and then a car like, you know, <laughs> that, oh, that kind man. of. And I hate right. to think, you know, especially you six months pregnant, just that yeah. that kind of tra- trauma and that shock yeah. to your body would have been intense. Yeah, exactly. And, yeah, but luckily, yeah, luckily we weren't there. Oh, I was even, because, I, you know, I wasn't even sure how specific the car was in terms of landing on the bed. Like I knew it went through your bedroom and I knew it hit the bed, but, but I didn't. Yeah. I wasn't totally sure about how I can't believe it was literally on it and pushed it through like ups yeah. and down on it, across it and pushed it through the wall. Yeah. That yes. is just insane. And like to think that yeah. you're in the habit of sleeping there with, with the son, with your, with Leo, with your dog, yeah. Arthur, right? The dog. Arthur. Yeah. Oh, the whole family. Just... Yeah. Yeah, the, yeah. All of us would have been, would not have survived that. It's incredible because, like, uh, it's not like I'm. It's not like I'm learning the story. Yeah, but she didn't drive into the house. She flew in through the bedroom window. You know, so the fact that, like, by the time she, yeah, just the speed that that car would have been moving on at, like, at a, and it's not like landing down like that. It's like literally hitting it on a as it's flying through the air. Upside down, the fact that it twisted all the way over, like that's just, I mean, stunt crew have to really put a lot of effort into getting a car to twist like that. Do that, yeah, exactly, yeah. Yeah. I still, to this day, when I go out, you know, and get into my car, which is parked in that driveway where, you know, I still stand there sometimes and look up the street and try and (laughs) and imagine it and just try and see how it could all have occurred. Yeah. Do you ever like? Do, how often does it does it come into your mind now? Like this is six years later. Do how often do you I, sort of go look around the roof and go, "Holy shit!" More now, fuck. yeah, more now. Um, when other people bring it up, like someone might go, "Oh, I remember," oh, you know, all that sort of stuff. Or just two weeks ago, um, Leo broke his wrist skateboarding. <laughs> Yeah. Right, yeah, and that yeah, that night. I can't believe the timing, and then I'm <laughs> and I'm calling you up, going, "Hey, can you tell that story?" <laughs> wow. Exactly. But that night, you know, on the way home from the hospital, we were like, "Do we do we go and stay in a hotel <laughs> just in case?" You know, <laughs> we don't know, but yeah, it was all fine. <laughs> oh man, were you were you when you got into bed that night? Did you have any kind of like um? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> definitely. We sort of, you know, good night. Good luck. <laughs> it's been a good run. Love you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Had a good one. <laughs> Lightning doesn't strike twice, does it? 
Oh, oh man. <laughs> but Leo yes. quite enjoys the story because, you know, he feels like the hero. Of course. The and and he he's got the newspaper that. to prove it, right? Exactly. The newspaper he really played on that, yeah? Like played on that theme. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Jeremy took the photo, um, you know, and it's Leo sort of standing there looking all brave and he's smiling nice. you know, with his big broken elbow with a cast going all the way up his arm, yeah. you know, with that house smashed behind him. You know, but the 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 headline was, you know, Leo's lucky break saves family. Nice. As far as he's concerned, he yeah, he really did step in and take control of the situation. He did. Man. <laughs> he was he was about to kick that soccer ball, and he's like, you know what? I'm just gonna yeah. I'm just gonna <laughs> aim above the I soccer ball. You, you messaged me. Um, in, in all the midst of it and said, oh, hey, I heard that Leo came back from the future to save your life. <laughs> oh, did I? I wonder who told me then. All oh, right. I wonder who told. Someone, yeah, must have, someone must have told me and then I must have contacted you. I was just trying to, I was literally just then trying to think when you and I first spoke about it. So it was obviously that, that moment. Wow. Because then I remember... I don't know if it was you that sent it to me or someone sent me the the newspaper article because I remember just yeah. going, what? <laughs> I mean, and that's the crazy thing. Like, like I we all could have lost you. Like that that's what's that's the next level. It's like someone reading that newspaper, it's already a crazy enough story, like of coincidence yeah. and survival. But for me hearing it and anyone that knows you, like there's obviously the thought in the back of my head is like, Oh my god! Like that could have been the day that I got the news. That oh, I just I shudder to think. Like what a, what a horrible thing to hear, and what a horrible circumstance. You would just. Yeah. It's funny because as much as you're, as much as it's amazing, that of the circumstances of it of you being out of the house and that kind of stuff. As crazy as that is is as crazy as it would have been if you'd been taken in that sort of circumstance. Like for the rest yeah. of everyone's life that knows you, you would we would just be like questioning. It wouldn't be like, yeah. oh, there must be people, you know, spiritual guides looking after her. You'd almost be the opposite. Like, fuck, is there even a... Now I don't never want to believe in anything because this is this is this is fucked up. Who <laughs> organised this? Who's writing yeah. this shit? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, my sister was pretty shaken up, you know. I called her from from the hospital that morning and told her and she was on a plane, you know, within an hour or something, you know, just come straight down. And oh wow. You know, she was pretty, I think exactly that. It was just like this could have this could have been really fucking awful. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It definitely makes you just pulls that you want to pull that person close to you, don't you? When you yeah. when you realize someone could have been could have been out like that. That's just yeah, incredible. Yeah, well, yeah. Jeremy and Leo and I for the you know the days or the weeks after when it was all very um, fresh and you mm. know we were kind of clinging together and you know walking everywhere very closely together and you know it was sort of it was very very shocking kind of thing. Oh <laughs> man, it's just amazing. And what about Jeremy? Did he? Does he have any kind of spiritual beliefs or any, did, no. did it spark no, any of that thing? No, no, no. He's very, he's very, um, yeah, very just straightforward and, mm. and logical and practical about it. And he doesn't get, 
sort of swept up in those things that I do. <laughs> you know? Yeah, but I sort of, I did sort of have that impression. That yeah, it's not to say he doesn't think about it and question mm. it. I think he does, and 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 deeply, as deeply as I do, but just in a different different way. I look for things to make me feel better about it. Yeah. You know, where I, where he probably more tries to work out the science of the situation and how the car would have done it and yeah. you know why we were unsafe because of that and you know all that sort of stuff like he's, he's a yeah it's stuff. it's amazing how two humans can look at the exact same situation and come out of it with different sets of beliefs you know yeah. like like it's so easy to and i probably lean more towards you know is something else going on that definitely comes up but then i I think I battle with the two. Like I'm always arguing between the two voices of like, oh, something. Yeah. How can that? How can that be a coincidence yeah. of that magnitude? But then, you know, it's so easy for someone else who doesn't see that spiritual stuff because you can't see the spiritual stuff. There's nothing to see. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, yeah. It's also totally fair enough to be just look at it completely physically and go, what an incredible coincidence. Yeah. Yeah. What an amazing story. Yeah. Mm. Exactly. Yeah. Wow. Do you raise Leo with any, like pointing him in any direction in terms of spirituality or, or beliefs or anything or no? No, no, no. I'm not, I'm not a religious person. I think, I think, I, I don't know. I like, I like to think I'm a spiritual person, but I'm not a religious person. Yeah. I no, find those two things very like, different. I think yeah. I think they're really different. Yeah. You know, um, so I kind of, you know, I like to, you know, I guess make options open for Leo and, you know, let him make his own decisions. And yeah, Jeremy's right. the same, even though, you know, he's he's a, he's a lot more staunchly, you know, um, atheist than I am sort of thing. But he's still, he's still like, it's your, it's up to you. It's your decision. These mm. are the facts and these are, you know, this is what's happened. So, yeah, but yeah, Leo's pretty pretty level-headed and and stuff like that with, with that as well i think he'll be very similar similar to us <laughs> awesome i'm really um i really look forward to one day seeing what where leo goes with his music and and all that oh, kind of yeah. stuff and and how he sort of reflects on that, even how he reflects on that one day when he's sort of old enough to to form an opinion about all that about his beliefs and all that kind of stuff and and how he reflects on a situation like that and how, like, I mean, that's an amazing story for him to tell as well. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, we've only just sort of started telling Meg about it. She's still, she's only just, well, she just turned six. Right. So before that it was, you know, because her bedroom's at the front of the house near ours, so we just didn't want her mm. to feel worried or unsafe. And Yeah, you know, sure. So we kind of didn't, not tell her about it we just didn't bring it up in front of her and you know it's just through luck that friends haven't really brought it up and she hasn't twigged to what happened but just recently she's kind of started hearing about it and you know she asked me the other day she was just you know she's like so leo saved us saved us all from the car you know like she's imagining him you know catching it and throwing it to the side <laughs> awesome <laughs> Yes, yes, that's what happened. Yes, that's, happened, that's yeah. how he broke his arm. <laughs> he caught the car. Oh, so good. Wow. Well, I guess um, yeah. If there's any other sort of specific details, I mean, you've you've 
Yeah, you've nailed that story. Like it's it's incredible. <laughs> there's some incredible details already there. I, I can't imagine there's much more I need to explain about it. Um, <laughs> really, it's so good. But but if I think of anything, I'll 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 give you a shout. But um, and I might like yeah, whatever you're comfortable sharing in terms of like the photos, the photos of butterflies or things like that. That would be incredible stuff to yeah the, the crash scene yeah all, all that and like the newspaper articles and all that kind of stuff um obviously i'd never give away your address but but it'd be good if i got to see where your address was so i could describe the way the road turn and stuff um so i could oh, just yeah, like yeah. In, in as i talked about about it i could have a better image of my head of how the road the positioning and stuff yeah um so that'd be cool yeah, but um <laughs> what's that <laughs> That doesn't make much sense either. When you look at it, it's like, how did you? Oh, right. Yeah, how did you lose control up the hill? <laughs> you know, come down and then go up. <laughs> it's like, oh. Oh, man. <laughs> Incredible. I'm just going to yeah. say, I'm just going to wrap it up there in terms of video so, so we can yeah. switch the thing off because I'll, I'll, um, I'll put right up to here. I'll have right up to here available to sort of throw up on YouTube if you're comfortable with it. Yeah. But, um, so we'll sign off there for the, the video. <laughs> so thanks. Thanks for telling the story. Oh my God. It's so cool. Okay. I'm, I'm blown away. So I'm just going to stop um, recording. All right. There you have it. That is the story straight from Jen's mouth. If you want to check out photos of Jen and Leo and Jeremy and the house itself, uh, or even watch a visual journey of the whole thing, We've got a lot of uh, photographs at bentplanet.com that you can go and check out and read up on the story. Or if you want to watch a visual journey of the whole thing, you can go to YouTube, look for Bent Planet on YouTube, where you will also find a whole bunch of other stories about humans in abnormal predicaments. So check that out. All right, thanks for tuning in to the first episode. I apologize for any bizarre sound issues. They will get better as we go along. But for now, this is your host, Athron, signing off from Bent Planet. See you next time. Thank you.